Hello, welcome to the Stockouts. This is your show about all things related to the retail and CPG industries. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Bowden, just still joined by Grace Sharkey. Grace, how are you? Did you watch football games yesterday? Yeah, yeah, I watched the football games. Yeah, it was uh, so close for the Lions, just so close. Uh, but, you know, as the classic Lions tradition, uh, there's nothing like a nice lead that's followed by just a complete uh crash to the floor. So uh, I wasn't completely surprised by it, but uh, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to, to know that was happening. <laughs> yeah. And what was so disappointing about it, like I wasn't expecting the Lions to win going in, but then they got up by 17 at the half. I'm like, wow, yeah. this might actually be the time after after the f- first potential Super Bowl appearance. But no, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't to be um, sort of tradition, I guess. Um, so before we get into it, uh, what we're going to talk about today is a lot about data um, in the retail and CPG industries, how retailers and CPG companies collaborate on data. They really are getting more sophisticated. We have some good examples of that. I found something in the the, the retail press, which I thought was one of the better articles I've seen in, in really a long time. So we'll talk about that. Um, and then we're also talking a little bit of an update on Carrefour and Pepsi. Uh, that situation, a little bit about the freight market. If we have time, we can talk a little bit about Gen Z turning away from from alcohol, which I think is interesting, has big implications for, for those CPG companies um, in, involved in beverages. Uh, but before we do that, I want to make sure everyone knows how to sign up for the Stockout newsletter, which goes out once a week. You just go to www.freightwaves.com forward slash the Stockout or forward slash subscribe, and then go up at the top. You see there, if you're just freightwaves.com, go up to newsletters and the first one is under supply chain. So pretty Pretty easy um, there. Um, and with that, I'll talk, talk about our first topic here, which is Walmart sharing more data with suppliers. I think this is also true of the big retailers and the data sharing in the retail space, um, just the value of the data has really um, increased lately. I think it was the ultimate rationale for Kroger acquiring Albertsons is that combined company now has I mean, assuming it closes, which it hasn't closed, but if, if it closes, it'll have yeah. data on over 100 million U.S. households, which is pretty much everyone who shops at a traditional grocery store. And there's all sorts of things that the companies can do with that. I mean, you think about targeted advertising, um, you know, the CPG companies can pay to get in front of uh, customers that are exactly the customers that are, you know, potential um, for, for, for their products. But we, you know, got some more detail from a retail uh, touch points article uh, which came out, and I thought this was really well done. I would encourage everyone to go to, to retail touch points and, and and check it out. But they talked about how you know that the Walmart is sharing data with suppliers, and there's a couple different tiers of service where the, the they'll share some data with suppliers that is is free. That's they'll they'll give them a sense of sort of how, you know what their category is doing, how they're doing you know relative to that category. But then if they really want to get into the, the, into the weeds about uh, all the demographic information, all the data that they're collecting on, on customers, kind of what else they're buying, sort of, you know, all these sales trends and um, various surveys, like, you know, some of the, the Walmart customers will opt into certain surveys, at, which really helps them to put a story around a lot of this data. And so if they really want the high-end service, it's something that Walmart is monetizing. So the retailers, it seems like the retailers are thinking about the data as a high growth, high margin revenue stream. And I think it's something that has, you know, Wall Street is excited. You see some of these big retailers like Walmart stock chart here that shows Walmart 
close to an all-time high. Um, and then yeah, there, there it is. Walmart um, shares hit a, hit a you know all-time high uh, late last year and is, is, is still close to it. Um, but you think about Walmart's the data that they have; it's 150 million transactions a week. So they're one of the first companies to to see when the, when there's a pattern in terms of switching what you know what consumers are buying. Um, and, and all of those things, and it seems like they're really in a unique position to help um, suppliers. And, and what did you gather? You 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 found some things on on, on social media to that effect. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I've actually followed this a few times. I brought it up, uh, I mean, forever ago when uh, we were doing um, uh, point of sale as well. I think this is incredible. I mean, for anyone who's a shareholder of Walmart, look at this as another avenue that can that they can grow into. I mean, you you touched on it. Uh, uh, the amount of transactions, I think they brought up 150 million transactions per week, but also the fact that they have over 37 million daily global customers. I mean, think of all of the the actual data that you could uh, use and, of course, uh, propel more sales within uh, your business or your brands if you're selling on uh, Walmart, either on their third-party selling site or directly into their stores as well. And I mean... Uh, the best way to kind of look at this is this is their way of truly becoming a strong competitor with Amazon. Uh, they mm-hmm. There's a couple of spaces. Uh, actually, if we can pull up really quick a CB Insights kind of uh, a chart that they had showcasing a little bit uh, of their strategy. I mean, if you look at their offerings just on an overall omni-channel scale, uh, they're competing very heavily, Not alone, uh, let alone the drone delivery aspect that they're definitely over. I think uh, they're definitely beating Amazon on at this point, uh, but uh, right on track to uh, ha- have full implementation uh, implementation of demand forecasting as well and inventory management, which I think goes into a lot of what they're doing with the ad data that they're also grabbing and giving back to their customers too. Uh, Luminate, I think people should really listen to and and, uh, focus on when you hear Walmart doing their earnings because they bring it up all the time. They understand exactly what they can bring in from the advertising side of things. And uh, I think a a couple of earnings ago they brought up uh the fact that they think by last year that they could get up to at least three billion dollars in revenue generation just from the advertising segment of walmart alone so um i have to look and see if they actually hit this this year but i mean yeah it's i definitely think it's a whole nother revenue stream and it's one i think that's going to make them even more comparable as a brand if i'm looking for a site to to service or to sell on Walmart is one that I think people have to uh, might not have expected to look into. I think, right, uh, Amazon was number one go-to, but Walmart is definitely a competitor that people should be checking out. Yeah, and they gave some really good examples in that retail touchpoint article. I think we should talk through those. So one of the examples was was Red Bull, and they looked at the data, and they showed that Red Bull – uh, their sales were primarily impulse purchases. I guess someone would go in the store and was just really tired and needed a Red Bull and got it at the checkout counter. <laughs> and, they, and they were really doing lousy online. And, and part of the reason for that was just they didn't have the right selection. Maybe you need more cases online. You're not going to buy one drink online. Uh, and they were able to fix that um, by looking at that behavior. And then they also, just by, just by changing the assortment of, of, of what was available, and, and you know a lot of the consumers that, that were looking at that online didn't know that Red Bull even offered on site. So 
they made that, um, you know, it, they sort of saw that gap there with the data and realized that consumers need to be aware of Red Bull because it was just so underperforming online. So that was interesting. And then the the Bimbo Bakeries, um, which even if that's not a household name, I think a lot of the, the, the brand names that fall under that are. Um, and there, you know, what, what happened was essentially Walmart was sending them, you know, data to, to let Bimbo Bakeries know how to allocate the, the shelf space that they had. And this company was the pay f- from scan proposition where essentially the Walmart doesn't pay the supplier until there's a retail sale. So that really puts the onus on the CPG company to um, to move that inventory. because the, So the CPG company, when, when under something like that, really takes all the inventory risk rather than the rather than the retailer and yeah. so the more data that they have understanding how quickly these products are turning knowing where there's you know inventories are heavy in certain uh, places helps the cpg company to allocate that space uh you know properly and it's just even even more critical when you when you do have a pay from scan uh, proposition and then the other um, example they gave was um you know procter and gamble one of these uh, you know cleaning products you know, they decided to go ahead and launch a, a premium cleaning product, even though they were at a time when consumers were cutting back on on spending. But they did get um, feedback from consumers that they were willing to pay for cons- con- convenience if they were able to to clean something more efficiently. You know, people's time is valuable, and, and that was a lot of the feedback they did. And they went ahead and and and, and launched the product. So they gave some good, um, some, some some really good examples there. Um, did anything else stand out to you? Well, the, just the incredible thing about data is that it tells the truth of the story of your products, right? And I think that's uh, and being able to actually get that that honest reporting from Walmart and showcase, like just like you said, you would con- you would think during these times that uh, like most consumers wouldn't be willing to to upgrade or to even pay more for for a better product, but in this case, they are. And I think that's the best part about uh, seeing these companies really understanding the data portion of their business and how uh, clearly not only are they going to to attract uh, better brands to their to their stores and to their sites as well but bring more customers it's a it's a whole different buying experience and you know just I, I'm very excited actually like this we're talking about the Super Bowl the Super Bowl in particular like seeing what Walmart plus ads we start to see right uh, for those that are shopping more online and and seeing mm-hmm. I can guarantee we're probably going to see a big celebrity in a Walmart Plus ad uh, this Super Bowl, and that's uh, I think that showcases you how serious Walmart is taking their overall shopping experience that might be online considered um, just instead of just considering what's happening in the store and what's happening on the shelves physically. Yeah, and you know, this whole discussion is Walmart providing data to the CPG company. But it's worth mentioning, Walmart's getting more demanding of data from the CPG companies as well, particularly when the CPG companies want price increases. Walmart, sure. or the retailers, they want to know why, and you know they they want us to be able to trace that price increase back to a certain ingredient, or you know because I mean they're they're making a lot of this, the competing products on the private label side too, so they have a pretty good sense, very good sense of how much those those products should cost. So there's also I think. Um, you know, burden on the CPG companies to provide Walmart and the other retailers with, with with data. So I think you know data 
really going to be a big thing, you know, going forward. Um, you do see kind of, you know, analogies between that and, and freight waves, the importance of high frequency data, the importance of the granularity of the data, and really sort of putting the, the why behind um, the, the data, sort of putting a story around the data, which is you know, part of freight waves, why we have market experts to contextualize all, all of those, um, you know, data points. I want to move on to um, an update. We talked, uh, I think it was last week on the Carrefour and, and, and Pepsi, a situation, and it was um, you know even in the in the articles that came out when it was announced that Pepsi and Carrefour parting ways at least temporarily, that there was influence from the French government. Um, but there were some articles that came out in, the, in sort of the trade rags that, sh- that gave some some detail on that. And you know part of the detail was this finance minister in France threatened to use tax measures to recover what he considered to be excessive <laughs> profits or name and shame companies that had prices that were too high. <laughs> and so that's kind of what it came to. And so there was an agreement, you know, the, some of the agreements that were already in place between the CPG companies and retailers, they went back and CPG companies lowered some of their prices. It, it's just to sort of appease the French government. So really kind of a unique situation uh, there. Um, and it just it strikes me as this is maybe not something that is going to be as pervasive, I think, in other countries. I mean, this was a very kind of interventionist, you know, from, from from my perspective. I mean, there are a lot of things that go into ultimately the price of CPG companies, and it it maybe makes me think that it was it was it was Pepsi that you know decided to to pull out. I mean, right. uh, you know, Pepsi said it was their decision care for the, the grocer said it was their decision. But if I'm a CPG company and I'm being forced to take prices to what are just really an unreasonable level, you know, you know some of these companies will make 35% margin elsewhere if they're not running a margin in, in, in France at this one retailer, you know, I, I can sort of see them, them, them pulling out. I mean, what, what did you think about this situation now that we have a little bit more uh, uh, You know, I, I partly wonder if the quickness to the threat uh, has a little bit more to because I, if I remember correctly, I think right now there's even dealing with uh, a number of protests from farmers as well mm-hmm. in France. Mm-hmm. So part of me just wonders if it's a little bit more of the atmosphere that's happening right now between uh, the government and, and clearly its citizens, if it's one of those things where it's like uh, a perfect timing, perfect moment to kind of, to, to say this threat and have something change. I, I wouldn't expect it to be like a long-term policy shift or something like that, to be honest with you. I, again, just, I, I feel like it's maybe in the now uh, a little bit more than, than uh, clearly because of, of what other issues they're dealing with. Uh, I'd like to see how long this sticks and if they stick with it. But uh, again, I think I mean, it's tough because like, what happens, right, when uh, one of these uh, these companies deals with another shortage type of uh, um, ingredient? Are they just supposed to eat that and, and not pass any of that on to the consumer? I highly doubt that would happen. Uh, and, and, of course, a lot of the geopolitical issues we're seeing that could happen at any moment and then add on even elections happening across the globe and different uh, opportunities that we could see with different uh, leadership in different places. So I don't know, I think, I feel like it's a mo- maybe a more reaction uh, of anything else. Uh, 
but uh, I, I yeah, it, it just seems strange that uh, the quick response to that. I think a little bit has to do more of the atmosphere than anything else. But something I think incredible to kind of maybe watch on this show and see see it what happens over the next quarter or so. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out. I mean, the inflation has been even worse in in um, Europe than it has been in the U.S. I mean, with the lack of energy independence, lack of agriculture yeah. independence, in a lot of cases. I mean, what gave rise to this, um, you know, rules in, in in France and actions in France is the the food inflation in one year was closing on fifteen percent. So there was that, and another stat that was interesting from from the Just Food article was that. 44% of grocery shoppers in France moved away from their favorite brands to save money. That's different than what we've seen in the U.S. There's been a little bit of trading down in the U.S., but I don't think it's 44% going to, to, to something that's less uh, desirable. So it is a little bit different there in um, in, in, in Europe. So I'm uh, not expecting a you know widespread you know, change there. It does seem like the latest comments from Walmart and Costco suggest that you're going to start to see some of those CPG prices come down in the U.S., um, just based on what management said at their latest uh, analyst calls, but want to move on uh, to you know, I was going to touch on um, you know was, I thought it was a good chart. I think it was um, it might have been Donnie who wrote this up. The tender rejection uh, spike for for, for reefer. So this is an interesting chart. Kind of um, you know the, the dry van tender rejection rates are in white. You've seen that kind of creep up to to five percent um, with the sort of the cold weather here, but then you see reefer kind of up and down. Um, really a few weeks can make a big difference fluctuating between 6% to about 11%, about 11% currently. And then some of the con context there is the deep freeze uh, gives rise to additional demand for temperature controlled capacity because you need to protect from freeze. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I mean, you, you spent time in the brokerage industry does this square with, with with your thinking, or, or how do you, how would you interpret those that chart? Definitely think uh, weather focus a lot on this one, especially looking at like those past, uh, yeah, those past three humps, including the one that we're at today. I mean, if you go back, uh, the one in mid November, uh, of course, is is likely uh, Thanksgiving related, right? Moving a lot of food too, and then get into uh, the the spike into the beginning of the new year. I think that uh, if I'm remember correctly as well uh, uh we saw a lot of capacity yeah van moved just with that too so that would make sense and then this last one i think has a lot to do with the freeze i mean uh there's we're not just talking when we talk refrigerated uh foods and beverages i mean we're talking glues and different adhesives and and things of that nature that have to be at, set at a certain temperature i mean even electronics right and, and things of that nature so uh i think really focusing on the temperature of, of the goods that that protecting from freeze too uh is a big one uh, we've heard this a number of times even in some of the earnings calls so far i think uh you have to think about insurance costs too are you uh I, you brought up the fact that when capacity came into the market it wasn't so much reefer as much as it was van i think it, also with reefer and investing in reefer assets you have higher insurance costs that come with that so there could be a number of people who are are exiting the reefer industry and and looking at different uh, trailer types to pull that keeps them a little less exposed to to harm. I mean, if we're seeing it in uh, JB, I want to say Covenant brought it up too. There's one other one last week that all brought up and 
insurance cost. Uh, that, that's that's affecting the big guys. It's for sure, for sure affecting the, the smaller guys out there. Last two, I want to say. I mean, all of these are around holiday seasons. I mean, we've got football this week. We've got the Super Bowl coming up. Some stats to, I pulled from 23. I mean, we had over 1.25 billion chicken wings moving, 28 million pounds of potato chips moving the weekend before the Super Bowl, 54 million avocados. It's also avocado season right now, so that's part of it. Uh, and then 50 million cases of beer, which <laughs> might change based on if we get into this next article uh, as well. But uh, you also have Valentine's Day coming up, so you have to protect the flowers that are coming in too. So we've got, I think, uh, a lot of holidays that are going to be pulling the reefers uh, into certain markets and not surprised to see that that tender rejection bounce up with it. 1.25 billion chicken wings. That is an astounding number of, of, of chicken wings. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so I want to get into this final um, article that we're going to talk about. I think this is just more of a fun one is Gen Z. Gen Z just doesn't seem that, to be that interested in, in, in alcohol. I mean, I think it's maybe, is it just a reaction to just the fact that, you know, past however many years, it just seemed like alcohol is absolutely everywhere as every possible establishment. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a library. It could be a zoo trying to sell you alcohol to, to boost their, their, their revenue stream here. But Gen Z seems to be cutting back. Um, this article is interesting. The CNBC article from late last year said in, um, ninth, in 2023, Beer shipments fell below 200 million barrels. This is the first time that's happened since 1999. The population's grown out of 1% a year for that much. So it kind of implies you've taken about a quarter of the, the, the beer consumption per capita out. Um, and then some interesting stats from just what people have reported. I mean, only about half of people aged 21 to 24 are drinking alcohol. That's like the prime, the prime age. And 40% in that group are limiting alcohol consumption and the average consumer drinks three drinks a week, down from four last four four a year ago. So that's you know pretty pretty significant. If these the survey data is anywhere remotely uh, close, it does seem like there was a huge bubble in the uh, craft beer market, and there just got to be too many breweries. You, you, you know, trip over them, uh, you know, walking down an urban uh, neighborhood, pretty much. And then there's all these other. Uh, offerings uh, you know, that, that people are turning to that, that are continuing to drink things like ready mix uh, cocktails, THC infused soda, et cetera. So you're seeing um, the CPG companies diversify that are, you know, if their book of business was overly in alcohol, they're diversifying into soft drinks. And, you know, conversely, you're seeing soft drink companies diversify into, in, in, into alcohol. But, um, you know, what do you make of all this? I, you know, it's it's interesting because even I see the same kind of trends even in my own life. I, I definitely am nowhere drinking anywhere near as much as I was during the the pandemic when we we're all stuck in our homes and and seltzers were like the biggest thing ever. Uh, on top of that, too, I, this we're talking about a generation who's uh, going into legal age where there's a big competitor in that space, and that's legalized mm -hmm. recreational marijuana. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, talk about. Uh, what some could say maybe a safer situation depending on how it's being used but i think uh again this it's be interesting to see uh if if that is more of an option for this group again since they were 18 they've been able to uh recreationally use that instead and it might just be a, a, a switch up there especially with the definitely seeing a lot more of the thc infused type of drinks as well so uh yeah it's uh 
<laughs> I, I was kind of surprised too at some of the numbers. Like you said, some of these are like time time of uh, life to throw a few back after the end of the day. But um, maybe we just we wore it out during the pandemic, and and this is the generation that's just not about it. Yeah, you know, another thing that I have um, found is just from social media is I'm on a lot of fitness, you know, tra track a lot of fitness people. The, 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 the people who wear the fitness trackers, like a Whoop band or a Garmin, and they wear it all night and it tracks their sleep, like it yeah. wrecks their sleep stats. And so many people post, you know, I was I was drinking certain amount and <laughs> I saw how bad my sleep was based on the, the Garmin or the Whoop or whatever, and they cut way back <laughs> and my sleep score is better and I feel better without without it. And it's like... You know, it's like your your parents or teachers could tell you all day long not to drink too much, but then you see it from from Garmin, and it's like, well, well, now I'm going to listen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's interesting. Like I was just filling out a survey for my own doctor, and I was like, wow, I guess I don't really consume much these days. And it could just be uh, again, like we've we've lifted out, but it's uh, it'll be an interesting generational trend to, to track for sure. Yeah, so his implications also for aluminum cans, you know, the the, the pet bottles, all of those things, and and you do bring up a good point with the pandemic. I had not thought about that 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 some people overdid it during the pandemic, and maybe it's sort of a natural reaction uh, to, to to that. Um, so a lot of interesting stuff. There's always plenty to talk about in CPG and retail uh, space. So we are about out of time, um, but we'll be back um, next week at a new time, which is Monday morning at ten o'clock Eastern. So see you then. <laughs>